You're listening to the Bahai World News Service. The phrase participation in the discourses of society is being used more and more to describe the involvement of the Bahai community in the broad conversations focused on social betterment. Discourses take place at different levels. Individuals can contribute to discourses in their professions or fields of study. Many individuals and communities are drawn into discourses vital to their neighborhoods and villages. Non-governmental organizations inspired by the Baha'i teachings, for example in the area of social and economic development, contribute to discourses related to their efforts. The Baha'i community's formal involvement in discourses related to the well-being and progress of society is facilitated at the national and international levels by offices of external affairs and the Baha'i international community, respectively. Baha'i external affairs representatives from different countries recently gathered at the Baha'i World Center to discuss how the Baha'i community is striving to contribute to social progress through participation in the discourses of society, such as migration and integration, social cohesion, race unity, the role of religion in society, and climate change, to name a few. This podcast includes the first of two interviews with representatives about their experiences and the insights they have gained over the years of engaging in this area of endeavor. Yeah, so um, hello everyone. Thanks for um, joining today. Um, my name is Saba and I'm working in the Office of External Affairs in Germany. And could I also ask you to introduce yourselves, please? Uh, my name is Vahid and I am working at the Office of External Affairs of Brazil. Uh, my name is Carl, I'm working in the Office of External Affairs in the UK. My name is Rochelle, I'm working at the Baha'i International Community Office in Brussels. So I think there are these conversations that are happening all around society. Which are, we have different people participating, so you have government officials, you have the media, you have um, religious communities, you have local organizations, national organizations, NGOs, and they all have um, concerns. They're all concerned about certain subjects, and there are um, ways of thinking that shape how things are done in society. So how do we deal with equality of men and women? How do we deal with prejudice? How do we bring about united societies? So. There are these conversations that are there and they end up shaping a lot of what happens in the life of a country. And so as a Baha'i community, we are taking part of these conversations. We are also offering some insights from the teachings we have and from the experience we're accumulating on how to also um, join in a joint effort with others, participate in creating um, ways of thinking that would help our societies to advance. Would you like to add something to it, Russia? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that, that um, our office ha has been trying to do is really um, to, together with other actors that, that are present uh, around the European Union and at the European Union, is also just to jointly read um, sort of the society in, in which we live and to see what, what are those issues that are facing um, our societies and, and humanity at large today. 
yeah, that makes me think. I mean, one of the reasons I think as as Baha'is, as a Baha'i community, we want to participate in these uh, conversations of, you know, great importance to the future of our society is that we're part of our society. So that means it's as important to us as, as, as anything else. And, and, we, and we have something, um, you know, we have a contribution to make, we have something unique to offer and also a responsibility to really think about how we can, um, yeah, assist everyone in our society to move forward. And like Vahid said, you know, like the, the, the thoughts um, and the ideas that underpin many of our policies or uh, the sort of actions that people take are very important. And any, anything we do is based on our thoughts, isn't it? So at the level of ideas, it's a, it's a very important, um, yeah, a way, way to serve our community is to share some ideas that could be translated into um, a better reality for people. Um, and that somehow also complements um, the other areas of activity that the Baha'i community is undertaking in order to contribute to this transformation, because also a wide range of, or the Baha'is in general at the grassroots level are engaged in building these vibrant communities together with others, or we're trying to think about also how we not only advance um, our communities spiritually, but also materially through social action. And then somehow this area of activity of participating in the discourses of society um, adds on to that, as you have just mentioned, Carl, with... Um, yeah, with contributing at the at the level of thought, as thought also um, inspires action, uh, thought also needs to change in order for this long-lasting transformation to happen. I think through this participation discourses, it's also a way of the Baha'i community offering what has been learned, what it has been learning through its grassroots processes in many many communities around the world, and also to learn from others in a way that we can all advance, so we can all contribute to this process of transformation in a time that it seems very intense, right? We, we see this process of integration, disintegration, advancing more and more intensely. So we really need to, if we want to bring a transformation society, really need to have everyone participating. And that's not only the Baha'i community, but all these other organizations who are also learning about the same issues. How can we come together and address them. So I think it's open a space for those kinds of conversations as well. What have been your experiences so far, Rochelle, in collaborating with others, um, the sort of thing that Vahid j just described? When we're talking about um, community building endeavors, um, what do we see happening in those endeavors that you know, can, can be useful for sort of humanity at large in terms of its thinking about certain issues. Um, so for instance, um, when we're seeing in, in a, a neighborhood, in, in a village, um, people from all sorts of different backgrounds um, coming together, thinking together about who they are and what the purpose of their lives is but also how they can collectively contribute to the transformation of that village and that neighborhood. Um, what are we seeing there that can be helpful in informing some of the conversations, for instance, about um, unity at the societal level, about social cohesion, 
um, about what it means for people of various backgrounds to, to live together. And then one of the things that, that for instance, we see is that really when people um, try and, and work towards a very a, a lofty goal, a, an, an aim, which is to um, transform the settings in which they live, um, then sort of the diversity of these people becomes really a source of wealth and not so much of, um, of, of conflict. How do you explore this with the other actors that you were describing in Brussels? So you're bringing these thoughts in based on the experience that the Baha'i community has somehow gained at the grassroots levels. How, how does that now take shape in the conversations you're having at this EU level with other, with other actors? So it, it takes shape in sort of various ways. But, but one thing we have started doing with, with these actors is just to get together in, in rather informal settings and then start thinking, well, what are sort of the different conversations happening at, um, in Europe, for instance, about sort of diversity and trying to really understand these conversations better? Um, and then seeing what, what assumptions are they based on. So, for example, when there are conversations there um, that do say that diversity is a challenge, then what is the assumption um, underneath such a conversation? How do people understand the, the, the nature of individuals? How do they understand our common um, collective history? How do they see um, humanity as a whole? Do they see it as different parts needing to find a way together or do they see it as one? So that is, for instance, one type of conversation that we're trying to better understand. And then you see that there are those conversations that really they're, they're celebrating diversity. And there again, what is the understanding um, sort of of Based that that conversation is based on, which sort of encourages people to 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 celebrate the diversity of of humankind, and so because we really believe that unless we understand the assumptions that each one of us has about um, the, the the nature of an individual, the the, the nature of humanity, um, the purpose of life. Um, sort of where we're going towards, it's, it's very difficult to sort of really um, continue a, a, a conversation that can lead to sort of um, something more meaningful. Carl, I think you guys have also been, um, been active uh, on, let's say, the national plane. Um, maybe you can also describe how you have endeavored um, or engaged in collaborating with others or with, um, with other actors on particular topics and discourses? Sure, sure. Um, so, so in the UK, we've, um, we've really been um, looking at this discourse or conversation that's happening nationally uh, that we would call, um, and some people refer to as social cohesion, um, which kind of 
could mean uh, how united our society is uh, nationally and also uh, locally as well. And um, just like Rochelle was saying, we're, we're trying to find um, groups of people um, who have a, you know, a concern about unity um, and then to explore and to try and understand uh, this conversation about sort of, you know, social unity um, together and then try and um, identify areas of common understanding. But also, you know, we understand that people will have different frameworks, different assumptions about um, about diversity. Uh, some might see it as a challenge. Some might see it as uh, something to be celebrated. But then both of them might have actually similar assumptions about uh, human nature, about the the relationships between uh, different groups of people. Are they based on reciprocity or is it one of competition? Um you know all these different sorts of things one of the things that is very striking for me coming for a meeting like this is how although we come from different countries with different realities there are very similar questions actually that our societies are presenting so as carl was saying there's all this question about social unity so we have our societies increasingly struggling with this idea of diversity so how can we really um, be a unified and diverse society and this is coming up in different ways in, in societies that are becoming increasingly polarized or fragmented and there, we also see this increase in the interest on religion so I, it's very interesting for me to, re, to see how all around the world we see those common tendencies and also so it's very also interesting how we can benefit from the experience of the different offices so for example in Brazil we we are um, thinking about this idea of also a unified society and we are struggling on how to overcome fragmentation and polarization. And one of the ideas that recently came up in the conversations with media had to do on how when we put ideas into conflict, we are actually strengthening um, polarization or fragmentation and we should think more deeply about dialoguing. And then it's very interesting to see how, for example, in the experience of the UK, they have been talking about this for quite a while, so we can benefit from their experience. And, and then it's also interesting to see how participation discourses in a certain level has to do with conceptions or very abstract ideas, but it also has to do with very practical things that we have to do. And the way we shape, like the things we, how we approach as we, how we operate as society, always has a lot to do with with discourses as well. So I don't know if there's anything from this idea of dialoguing, I mean, on establishing conversations, Carl, that you could mention, because it's, it's very interesting for us to learn about experience from the UK, for example. A couple of years ago, there was a, a referendum in the UK as to whether the UK would stay part of the EU or not. And um, the, uh, the process by which the uh, referendum was kind of discussed was quite, uh, quite, and it's quite widely understood as being very divisive and very polarizing. And even even since the referendum, the British society has been sort of, by many different commentators, and described as being quite divided in in many ways. You know, urban to rural, or young to old, or you know, wealthy to poor. In all these different ways, there's been much discussion about um, divisions in society and. In terms of the outcomes, uh, not the outcome of the referendum, but the out, 
the, the, the kind of result that happened to our society. Um, we were able to have some conversations with some actors about this idea of division. And, and, the, and the way in which ideas are discussed in the media and the effect that they can have on society, it became very clear to us that, um, and, and to some other sort of social actors that we were engaging, some people in civil society organisations, that this idea of a, of a debate is um, not necessarily that helpful, actually. Um, not only does it uh, pit two ideas against one another and can further entrench uh, different positions, it doesn't allow people to search for the truth, it doesn't allow any kind of subtle realities to, um, to emerge, which usually is the case, of course. Something as complex as a question like the referendum was asking is a really complex thing that can't be broken down to a yes-no kind of uh, p position. So, um, so, so we realised there was a lot of receptivity to this idea. And, and, and um, when we reflected on the writings of the, of the faith as well, we, th we thought, well, maybe there's something that the faith can offer here. Um, It's interesting what you guys have said in terms of um, thinking about the contributions of, um, of the offices to... Um to these spaces and also as you had mentioned Vahid and also you Carl in terms of the role of media um, something that also media has found helpful because it's such a hectic daily routine and there are so many different different impressions that just rain down onto a journalist and you hardly have time to really reflect that's something that journalists are actually asking for is to have spaces where they take time in order to be able to reflect on some of the prevalent questions like that was just mentioned, for example, diversity, how do we deal with diversity, diversity and social cohesion. So something that um, our office has tried to do occasionally is just to have um, informal lunches where just a couple of journalists or a few journalists come together and we actually then just open a space on a current topic. Maybe something has been um, voiced in the media on a particular issue and then we just uh, had written a paragraph or two on um, maybe a perspective on that sort of issue that was discussed in, in the media and then just really open a space to, and to reflect on what sort of perspectives are there, what sort of reality does that now portray about it? Is that actually, actually the reality or is there something that has been maybe distorted? How can we maybe improve our language? Like also then the role of language in media to describe things. So it just opened up a space and really it was our office just opened up the space for the journalists to be able to um, to share their thoughts and and that was appreciated just to be able to step back take time and to be able to uh, to reflect on prevalent topics that are currently there just to go back to the question on diversity and um, really looking across Europe um, And, and where all of those different kinds of populations are really um, living together. And, and so a, a very predominant concern in Europe is to how to make sure um, that these people can live together in, in, in harmony. And so one response that um, is, is very often given to that concern is to fight prejudice. And... This fighting of prejudice takes on different shape and forms. For instance, it can take on the form 
of, let's say, anti-discrimination laws or um, anti-hate speech laws. Um, and so, and, and of course, that is essential. But then we're also now seeing a sort of a different narrative um, emerging, saying that um, it, as, as essential it, as it is to fight prejudice, um, it is also not enough. We need to not just fight something, but um, create in a growing number of people this understanding that they're belonging to one human family. So what our office has also tried to do is to, you know, bring together um, a number of people to really try and think about how do you sort of, what does it mean to create in people um, this understanding that they're part of one and the same human family? Yeah, I think this is a very, this is an idea that really shows how we have these statements in the Baha'i writings and we know them by heart. For example, we're, we're all part of a single human family, but we never really thought more deeply about them. So usually identities, they are defined in terms of opposition to someone else. So my identity is based on being against or not being the other. But it, when we think about identity in terms of belonging to a, a single human family, then there is not this idea of opposition anymore. So. It's very interesting then what kinds of policies, what kinds of strategies can be designed once we, we start thinking like that. Yeah, that has been something we've also been exploring because Germany being um, quite a diverse country and also thinking about how to live as a diverse society, then the question comes up, yes, we're all one family, but then also we are all distinct. Every, everyone has their distinct characteristics but then how don't we see this distinctness as something that separates us but that actually brings us together and allows us to 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 collaborate and advance so um i think that in itself to 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 see the distinction but the distinction as a contribution to um to living together in in diversity has been something we've been exploring um, exploring with others and seeing how that actually can be, as was just mentioned by Rachel, can, can somehow also find expression in, in the narrative that is written in the country, um, seeing it as part of the country's history. So not now neglecting the historic experiences and the history the country has gone through, but at the same time acknowledging that realities are continuously changing and how can we continue to write this narrative that allows us to, um, to identify as this one human family that um, we have been talking about. You are listening to the first of two interviews with Baha'i external affairs representatives about participation in the discourses of society. For more information, visit news.baha'i.org.